The Girl Camper Podcast is sponsored by Liberty Outdoors, innovative makers of high-quality, lightweight, towable trailers for every stage of the RVer's life. And Campco Manufacturing. For over 50 years, this company has been making products for outdoor enthusiasts. Whether you are RVing, boating, camping, towing, tailgating, or grilling, Camco Manufacturers has products to help you enjoy your time off. We are also sponsored by our consortium of girl camper-friendly RV dealerships. Bankston Motorhomes with five locations in Alabama and Tennessee, Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, and Tom's Camperland with three locations in Phoenix, Arizona. Service, integrity, and committed staffers are some of the hallmarks of these reputable dealerships. To visit any of our sponsors, go to girlcamper.com and follow the links on our homepage. Hello, my name is Janine Pettit and I'm a girl camper. I go places and I do things in my Liberty Outdoors lightweight towable trailers. Along the way, I meet many interesting people traveling the back roads, and I want to share their stories with you. We will talk about the qualities of what makes a girl camper and how you can be a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party, and you're invited. Stay tuned while I share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. Welcome, I'm Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, blogger, adventurist, and podcaster. And this is episode 139 of Girl Camper, the podcast. On this week's show, I am welcoming Jackie Gishbauer, world traveler, literally. Jackie and her partner, Nate, are taking some gap time to travel the globe. And part of those travels included camping in New Zealand. If you have ever dreamed of camping in a foreign country, you won't want to miss this. Jackie is sharing her tips on how to find a rental van, plan a route, use the right New Zealand apps, and experience life as the locals do on this lush island. It's doable, and Jackie is here today to tell us how. Before we head into our news roundup, we have a message from our friends at Bankston Motorhomes. Bankston Motorhomes has five locations in the southeast, three in Alabama and two in Tennessee. They are a number one Best in Business award winner, and they have been helping families make their RV travel dreams come true since the 1970s. Whether you're looking for a motorhome, a fifth wheel, a travel trailer, Bankston has something for you. Bankston carries so many of our Girl Camper favorite trailers as well, and a few of the Girl Camper top five picks from previous RVIA shows. So go over, take a look at that RPOD, take a look at the Mini, and take a look at the Max. Take a look at all of their lightweight towable trailers. You can follow the link at girlcamper.com, or you can go to bankstonmotorhomes.com and virtual shop from there. Thank you, Bankston, for helping girl campers make their RV dreams come true. In our news roundup today, I have a question from a listener, and I'm going to read it to you. Dear Janine, I listened to your podcast on boondocking and am wondering if you can share a specific list of hygiene or bathing products you used on your Texas and Colorado trips. I'm heading out to BLM land and will have solar and propane, but will only have whatever water is in my tank and what I bring with me. Thanks. Love the show. I'm learning so much and appreciate that you share your mishaps and mistakes with your audience as well. Nancy. (laughs) Well, there are plenty of those to share, aren't there, Nancy? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, there are some specific things I can tell you that I learned along the way, and I'm going to be very specific with you. Number one, dry shampoo. Dry shampoo comes in all kinds of different 
brands and formulas, but basically what dry shampoo is, is it's powder in a can. It's, it's talcum powder that is um, in a canister and sprays into your hair. So there's a couple of things you should know about this. When you buy it online, sometimes it's seven, eight, nine dollars a can, but it's sold at the dollar store. They sell it at Dollar Tree, Dollar General, all those cheap stores. But here, here's something even cheaper than that. You can do what my grandmother used to do and just use talcum powder. You can partially open a can of talcum powder. So it has a little dial on the top that has all the little holes in it. Open it micro, micro, so you're not shaking out a big bunch of um, talcum powder into your head. Separate your hair and shake the talcum powder into your scalp. Turn your head upside down and zhush it all in there. Work that powder in there. It just absorbs odor and grease. It's basically dry shampoo, but without the aerosol. So there's a tip there on the dry shampoo. The other thing is cheap shampoo. So Suave, you know, a dollar a bottle at the Dollar General, these cheap shampoos really cut grease. They are not gentle on your hair. That's why people who like me who color their hair should never use shampoos like that. But in a camping situation, they're really great because you only need a little tiny bit of it and you put that in your hair and you really make sure you work it into your scalp for a minute or two and then rinse that out. So cheap shampoo cuts grease. You don't need to use a lot of it and you don't have to work a lot of the conditioners. So expensive shampoos that protect a color job or a permanent or something like that have all kinds of things in them that protect your hair and they take a lot of water to rinse them out. So when you buy the cheap shampoo, you can just do that. The other thing is not to use conditioner on your hair. So normally if I were at home, I'd wash my hair, rinse it, and then I would condition it and rinse that again. So after you wash your hair with the minimum of shampoo and water and you get that all cleaned out, just towel dry your hair and then you can take a little tiny dot of conditioner in the palm of your hand and rub it all together and work that into your hair and just let it dry in there. Don't put it on your scalp, just put it on the ends or you could just use mousse but don't use conditioner because you'll save a lot of water having uh, not having to rinse that out of your hair okay there is something online now I haven't tried this but somebody sent this to me and it's called a no rinse shampoo cap apparently they use these things in nursing homes I'm only telling you about it because I heard about it I've never used them myself but I did read some of the reviews and some people seem to really like these things it just goes on your head like a shower cap and then you massage it all into your hair and it cleans your hair so I don't know. I, I don't know if that's worth it or not. They range in price from $2.57 to $4.99. It's a single-use kind of thing. So if anybody has any experience with that and wants to make a comment on the blog post about this, I'd love to hear what your personal experience is. The reviews on this were kind of mixed. Okay, I found something else online after my trip, but I bought it immediately, and it really is terrific. It's something called Kurgo, K-U-R-G-O, Mug, Mud, M-U-D, Dog Travel Shower. So this is on Amazon. It cost $11.69, and it's basically a very flexible um, shower accessory that goes onto a water bottle. Now they promote it as something to rinse your dog off with when you're camping, but as soon as I saw this, I thought, dog, nothing. This is way better than putting your head over a sink and trying to direct your coffee cup or your drinking glass to get the uh, shampoo out of your hair. So this snaps on most water bottles and then you can squeeze the bottle and it's like a sprayer hose. So you turn your water bottle into a sprayer hose. I wish I had that when I was in Colorado because my husband was rinsing my hair for me over the sink. And let me tell you something right now, ladies, this was not a scene from out of Africa. 
If you ever saw Robert Redford wash Meryl Streep's hair in out of Africa, this was not what was happening. I wish I had this thing and I could uh, just could have done it myself. So I bought it. I have it at home and I put it on a cap and it sprays terrific. $11.69 from Amazon. I'll put the link in the show notes for that. Another thing that I made a lot of use out of was the Epic Wipes. So those, I they were in my gear guide last spring, I believe. And they're basically a giant wet towel. And so picture baby wipes, except they're Epic Wipes. And they're two feet by three feet long. So if you came home from a hike and you have no shower facilities at all and you wanted to strip down, you could use this thing head to toe. And it's biodegradable. Now, some people... If you were really filthy and gross, you'd just throw it away. And when they say biodegradable, they don't mean to flush this thing. You can't flush it. Biodegradable means it can be buried. So you would bury this thing or throw it in a garbage can. They're really, really big. So if you were really dirty, you wouldn't um, use it again. But there are some people who put this in a Ziploc bag, add a little water to it, and use it a second time. I read that in the reviews. I was not one of those people. But what I did do with the Epic Wipes is they were so big, I cut them in half. So I opened the package. I cut it in half. I used the towel one and a half by um, two feet instead of um, the two by three. And I saved the other half for later by putting it in a Ziploc bag. So, you know, it's it's a larger version of um, a baby wipe. So you could also just use... 10 or 12 baby wipes, but I actually liked the size of this that you could use it. Now, the other thing that I found very useful, and I talked about this already, was the Camco portable cooler, which I used as a bucket, a tub, a fish holder, all of those things. That thing came in very, very handy when boondocking. A couple of different companies make them. They're collapsible buckets. I liked that I could use that, and then I didn't have to dump the water down the drain in my camper. I could take it outside and dump it outside using biodegradable soaps, of course, and then I wasn't filling up my gray tank. The last thing that I made a lot of use out of was this microfiber towel. I bought one from a company called Rain Leaf. I let Amazon do the shopping for me here. So Rain Leaf, it was an Amazon bestseller. It had all kinds of reviews, 20 by 40 towel. It cost $10.99. That's the size I bought, but it comes in six different sizes, ranging from $8.99 to $29.99. That thing is amazing. So I kept mine separate. So that was a personal use towel. I wasn't using it on the kitchen countertops and the floor. You can buy them for all kinds of things. But I bought that microfiber towel in the 20 by 40 strictly for showering and campground cleanup. So I really love that towel. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for all of these things so you can shower And I have air quotes around that shower at the campground and be as fresh as you can with limited amounts of water. Okay, one more reminder, and that is when you use those wipes of any kind and they say biodegradable, do not flush those down in RV toilet. Biodegradable means it's buryable and will eventually disintegrate in the ground. Don't flush those down in RV toilet because you're going to get a big problem if you do. Okay, we're going to be back in a minute and we're going to be talking with Jackie. interview with Jackie, I want to tell you about Campco. What does Campco do? Campco makes things. They make things that make our life at the campground and all of the recreational things we do even better. Now, I used my Campco cooler as a bucket, the bathtub. I've had so many uses for that thing. But Camco also makes a three-gallon collapsible bucket, and it collapses down, and it goes into a little zipper bag, and it's a great little carrying case. You can get a round one for $13.52 on Amazon, or you could get the rectangular collapsible one, which also compresses down and stores in a zippered storage case. Now, the rectangular one holds five gallons of water. What I really loved about the rectangular one is 
boy, if you are like the girl camper is and you're camping with 15 or 20 people, that would hold a lot of ice and a lot of drinks. And it has a handle on each end. So I love that you could carry this big thing, five gallons of space in that thing, tons of ice, but it all folds down into this little flat thing that is simple to store. I think of all the years my girlfriend Carol and I carried around this big, giant, enamel baby bathtub in order to put our drinks in it when we were having a party and we were always trying to find a spot in the back of the truck for it. So go online, Amazon.com, always available at the Teardrop Shop, and look for those collapsible, storageable buckets from Camp Co. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back, everyone. I am here with Jackie Gishbauer. It's great. Did I say that right? We pronounce it Gishbacher, but it was a made-up name, so nobody really knows. So so I've I've heard that people just call you Gish. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's my brother's name. I was Baby Gish for a long time. Baby Gish. So... Jackie, you are a world traveler. I'm trying to be one. <laughs> You've got the gene for wanderlust in a big way. Yeah. Well, I, I mostly attribute it to my boyfriend. He was the one who talked me into it, but I had done yeah. some travel before him for work. So Yeah. But now we're sort of cut loose from all responsibility and just okay, traveling so around. I want you to go backwards and I just I want the little bio. Like give mm-hmm. me a little bio on Jackie. You are the daughter of Gail Babel, <laughs> That's right. camp host from B. For Creek, so I have been following your adventures because your mother is so proud of you. Yes, yeah, she but is. she's also a little worried about you sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we get a, a midnight text message saying, "Please pray for Jackie. She's traveling from Sri Lanka to you know yeah, someplace wherever. on some obscure train." You know, I know, I know. She's so sweet. She told me that she was camping when I I had my laptop stolen on a bus from Prague to Krakow, and she said that all of the girl campers who were there were trying to give her money for a <laughs> buy Jackie a new laptop fund which oh, is so that's adorable. so sweet so tell yeah. us about you though let's separate you yeah. from mom who we already know is great yeah tell us about you Jackie yeah so um grew up in this small town and had a desire to become a teacher so went off you know an hour away from here to Akron Ohio to um, get my schooling Ended up getting a um, two degrees in education and sort of steered towards teaching English as a second language. Um, and I knew if you want to teach at a as an adjunct professor in a university, you need overseas experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, had been teaching refugees here, which I loved, but I really wanted to um, have that additional income of working mm-hmm. at a university. So um, ended up getting a fellowship to teach in Indonesia for the uh, U.S. Department of State. And it was a 10-month program, and I ended up teaching English to police over in Jakarta, Indonesia, and loved it so much that mm-hmm. they let me stay for three years. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, so that was supposed to be a 10-year mm-hmm. stint that ended up being a three-year stint. Um, and it was wonderful. Loved it so much. Got a great experience. Um, and then came back and was working at Ohio State in, in uh, Ohio here in Columbus, and met my boyfriend kickboxing and he had already when I met him had already had a plan to go travel the world for two years he called that his master's degree in life okay (laughs) he's right yeah Yeah. (laughs) so so he convinced me to quit my job and um, go with him and now we're a year into that and we have a year to go a really secure job Mm -hmm. I mean the you had a great job. Yeah, I was a program director. I was um, at that point. I was the director of our intensive English program at Ohio State University, and um, was in charge of some online programs too. I really loved it, but it was really stressful. And um, mm-hmm. and this has been a great opportunity to sort of sit down and reassess yeah, my priorities. Where you're going? Yeah, exactly. And you're young <laughs> and you're childless right now so that's like right. this is the time of life that's to do right. these things that's right yeah we're yeah. so blessed to be able to do this yeah right somebody now. said to me when my when my son was like in his early 20s like 23 he through hiked the Appalachian Trail and he took a semester off school and somebody said to me why are you letting him do that mm-hmm. and I'm like well first of all I'm not letting him he's 23 <laughs> right. and he does what he wants but 
that's the time in your life to discover and explore and find out where you're going and what you want to do. And, you know, you don't want to be someone 40 years old saying, I forgot to do fun things. And now I have to leave my wife and kids and go do (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah, And it's been sort of an identity crisis for me, not crisis. It's not that bad, but, um, trying to figure out, you know, what kind of traveler am I? Cause you meet so many people on the road who are traveling for so many different reasons. And, and I just sort of always had a stereotype in my mind of travelers being these like dreadlocked, yeah. barefooted, hippies traveling, yeah. you know, backpacking Can't career. Can't get serious about life. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, what? Delaying maturation no. as long as possible. Right, what am I now? Um, but, you know, everybody travels for different reasons. And uh, So what is your reason? Well, it started out being um, because I was in love with somebody who wanted to who travel. Wanted to do it. Yeah, and, and at that point in my life, I really wanted to be with him, and, and I was willing to follow that dream with him. Yeah. Uh, and now it's really become something that we both enjoy, and we both lead. We take turns choosing what countries we're going to and why we're going to them. And and I think the most valuable part for me has been that time and space to really back up and think about the future and what we're going to do next. Yeah. And, but, you know, of course you get all these wonderful byproducts of new perspectives, new food, new, you know, new yeah. everything. And bonding. Like oh, the yeah. two of you have yes. taken your relationship to a different level. Yes, I, yeah. We I mean, that's a make or break kind of thing. That's where you find so out. So many you... people warning us, you know, like, yeah. oh, you, you know, if yeah. you last this, you can last anything. That's what we heard over and over again. And for sure, the first four months that we traveled through Southeast Asia, just the two of us, we knew after that, yeah, yeah. if we can make it through this, we, we're going to be good. We're going to be fine. Yeah. Okay. So where have you been since you left your job at Ohio state and you mm-hmm. hit the road last October? Tell mm-hmm. us where you've gone. Yeah. Well, the initial plan was to go to Germany to um, stay with Nate's family because his mom had been born there and still had many cousins there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were going to stay there for a while, but we couldn't get the, we could get the visa, but it would have been as much money to stay in Germany as it would be to travel the world. So we thought, yeah. we'll just travel the world. So we started in Southeast Asia and did sort of a little clockwise ring around um, starting in Singapore, went to Malaysia, Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, yeah, Cambodia, down to Indonesia, and then we flew to New Zealand, Australia, back up to Athens, and since then we've been staying around Europe. So we did Czech Republic and Poland. Um, and then London, and now we're home for a break. Yay! Oh my gosh! <laughs> but and you did a small teaching stint in the middle of all. Yeah, oh well, yeah, I missed Sri Lanka and India right before we came home. Yeah, because yeah. I um, just missed that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Part. That little sidebar yeah. in Sri yeah. Lanka. Yeah, which is great because Nate had, since he had been planning this for so long, had already been saving up money and had been right. really good about saving. But I came along right, 10 months before departure, so yeah. and I am terrible at saving money. Uh, but luckily, um, since I already have a connection with the State Department, I can do some short-term consultant jobs from here So and there. you picked up a little side cash, yeah. and then you got to be there. Exactly. And had Nate ever been there before? Yeah, not, no, neither of us had been. So you were working, and he got to run around and... Yeah, and... Uh, I would, you know, I would get picked up at 8 a.m. and come back at 5 p.m. And like three times in a two-week period, I came home and he's like, oh, babe, I got us a free dinner tonight. Some local shop owner invited us over for dinner (laughs) for, you know, traditional Sri Lankan meal. And so, and he's just so good at making friends with people and being, and everybody at the resort they were staying at knew his name. And Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I always feel my husband is like the mayor of, you know, the campground by the time we leave. He just Mm -hmm. likes to meet all the people. Mm -hmm. I'm like really hiding with my book, but you know, I think opposites kind of attract that way. Yeah, yeah, and we it's have a good really good complimentary. Com- complimentary, you know, um, uh, personalities. Mm-hmm. So you do so much, but really I wanted you to come on the show today um, to talk about camping in a foreign country. So you guys, when you were in New Zealand, mm-hmm. you did a nice camping road trip in New Zealand. Oh, it was and, so wonderful. Yeah, so I want to talk about that because... Getting yourself to a foreign country like is hard enough, and like cabbing it over to a hotel feels like daunting sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, so you went to New Zealand and you rented a camper van and you went all around the country. Mm-hmm. So, when someone wants to do something like that, what what is your starting point? Where yeah. where did you even begin? Yeah, well, we knew we wanted to go new, to New Zealand because my boyfriend is a thrill seeker and he knew mm-hmm. that you know. Uh, 
that that's sort of the capital of bungee jumping and yeah. all of these other things, which I would never do, but he wanted yeah. to do it, so yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we started telling people about it, and people who had been there said, well, you know, obviously you're going to be camping, and we're like, well, obviously, we didn't, yeah. I guess, yeah. I don't know, we didn't plan anything out. And, uh, and it turns out that that's really the only way to see New Zealand. That it's really so sparsely populated that it's really hard to find Airbnbs or hotels. There's only two major cities on the South Island where mm-hmm. we went to. Um, and if you want to see, you have the to country. Yeah, if you want to see the country, you got to either rent so a car. So that's how people do it there. Yeah, that's what you do. Um, so you're either a backpacker tenting all over the place, or you rent a camper van. So that's what we we got that little tip ahead of time, and um, I apologize to your listeners now. My boyfriend Nate did all of the logistics, so <laughs> he knows all of the gritty, did you know? The, well, that's another details, one of the complimentary but, features. Someone yeah. likes the research process. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally, I don't like that part, but yeah. um, so how mm-hmm. did you choose the rental company? Yeah, we had been told about three different companies that are most prevalent there. They had tons and tons, probably mm-hmm. a dozen different companies, um, but there was. Wicked Campers is the, by far the cheapest, but also bare bones, and it's really targeted towards your 18-year-old who's just gotten out of college, and they're on yeah. their first gap year. Yeah. Um, and they have all these, like, wildly offensive um, graffitis all over the place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're like, all right, we don't really want to be in those. And they break down. They're not really reliable. So. Okay. Um, sorry, Wicked Campers, but <laughs> that's the reputation oh, no. you're telling You're telling people what they need to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Juicy is sort of the top of the line. And, you know, within each company, they have different levels of campers. Um, We went with this middle-of-the-road one called Spaceships. And they had a budget um, minivan, basically, Mm -hmm. that had everything we needed for two people. Um, And it was cheap. I think I just looked it up to see how much they said. It was 21 New Zealand dollars a night, which kept coming up as 14 U.S. dollars. But I know we paid more than that. Yeah. But we ended up getting a few add-ons, so you pay for whatever extra. So, okay, that's what yeah. I was going to ask yeah. you. So you, uh, when when you chose the company, what was the name of it again? Spaceships. Spaceships, uh, and then within the company, you have different models right. to choose from. Yeah. And did you go with a middle model? Um, we got no. I think we got the bare bones. The, the bare yeah. bones. Yeah. But then you can purchase add-ons. What kind right. of add-ons did you get? Yeah. So we got na- navigation. We got a GPS, which is necessary. Yeah. You can get an app there and get down offline maps, but we mm-hmm. just felt more comfortable with the GPS and. Uh, I was glad we got that. Um, And then we got, they called it a summer pack that came with a folding table and two folding chairs and a summer shower. Okay, the shower bag, solar shower, solar yeah, shower yeah. bag. Yeah, which so we didn't end up using. So what was in the but, van? Was, um, there ki- was there a kitchen in the van? Well, they had two bins in the back, two giant bins that you could fit a body in. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them you could use for storage for your luggage, and the other one was for all of your um, kitchen gear and mm-hmm. food. And inside that, they came with all of your cutlery that you needed, four sets of everything, mm-hmm. you know, four cups, Service four sets for of silverware, mm-hmm. yeah. um, pans, and a little gas stove. And they give you two cans of gas. But when you go to the um, office to pick up your van, everybody who has left the country has left everything that they couldn't take with them. So there were loads and loads of um, gas cans that you could just take for free. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you're not taking yeah. that home on a plane. Right. So I think we had to buy gas cans once, but it wasn't that expensive. Okay. Um, and that was great to use. So not a built-in kitchen. No, yeah. We didn't get, with our model, it didn't come with a um, cooler or So what's in the van? A bed? A bed, yeah. And bins. Yeah, so the, the <laughs> bed sits on top of those two bins. So okay. you, have, you have to get out of bed to... Mm-hmm. open those up but um and it had a great moon roof where you were laying so you could see the stars at night Aww. and everything it was perfect really, we really had no bathroom we needed. no bathroom it came with some water jugs so we could fill up with water we had a big water storage in there mm-hmm. did um, you find a luckable loo what is that? I don't know. <laughs> a luggable loo is what they, in here, in this country, it's basically a five-gallon speckle bucket from Home oh, Depot, okay. and you put liners in it, and for 20 bucks, you can add a, a toilet seat lid oh, on that, oh so you just can pee in that in the morning, tie it up, and, and these are biodegradable mm-hmm. uh, bags, and you just throw them away. No, we did not have that, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we did have was that app that I mentioned already. It was called Camper Mate, mm-hmm. and Camper Mate was 
would show you where all of the free bathrooms were, where mm-hmm. there were showers, pay for showers, where the all the campsites were, and that was a lifesaver. We it showed you where the yeah. grocery stores were because they had one grocery store that was really a lot cheaper than the rest. It was like a big warehouse kind of sand okay, club. Okay, that's what you want. Yeah, so we would find those and. Now, when you're in a country that's so remote and the distance between places is so far, were you kind of panicked? Like, I, you know, I could be really uncomfortable here. <laughs> no, because uh, because we had that app and um, we had talked to some of our, we had a host in Christchurch who gave us a pretty good idea of distances mm-hmm. and things and how long it was going to take us to get from um, point A to point B. Um, you know, they, they warned us that like, it, it looks like only a few kilometers on the map. It might only be a few kilometers, mm-hmm. but it's so windy or you're up windy, on a hill yeah. Yeah. or it's only one way because they've had a slip because of yeah. rain. So Yikes. yeah. So you never knew exactly how long things were going to take. So were you happy with the van itself? Like, was it clean? Was it reliable? It was wonderful. Yeah. We had no issues whatsoever. We got a flat tire once that we were driving through an area that had a, had a slip. So there was a lot of debris on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we was did, there a spare? There was a spare. We had a donut. So we mm-hmm. had to end up um, going to the next, the closest town and getting a it replaced, mm-hmm. um, which, and we didn't buy the insurance. You can buy insurance that would cover that, but we had, um, insurance on Nate's credit card mm-hmm. on his, um, they had travel insurance on the credit card. So that covered. Oh, good. Tire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about what kind of camping you did. Did, did mm-hmm. you camp in campgrounds? Mm-hmm. Were you boondocking? Yeah. So my mom told me, told me about boondocking here in the States. They don't call it boondocking. They call it freedom camping. Freedom um, camping. I like yeah. that. It's free. Yeah. And it's freedom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what we did most of the time. If we could avoid paying for our campsite, we did. Uh, there were a couple nights where it was unavoidable because they just didn't mm-hmm. exist or we were mm-hmm. tired and didn't care. Yeah. Um, but so the free sites, they'll have porter potties and they'll usually have a sink to do your dishes in or brush your mm-hmm. teeth or whatever. Um, but not much beyond that. Who provides the free sites? I mean, is it, a, it's, it's the country, like they're a version of national parks or no, I think it's usually the community. In fact, we were in one small town that just had, it just looked like a parking lot. Most of mm-hmm. these campgrounds just look like a parking lot and they would usually have pavilions with camp or mm-hmm. you know, picnic tables. And there was a Lions Club member who sort of made it his duty to make sure that the Freedom Campers were comfortable, but also not making a ruckus or disturbing, or, yeah. Yeah, disturbing the community members. So um, so I think it's usually the community that sponsors it. And and sometimes they'll have like a donation box to keep yeah, up the site. Yeah, I was just going to ask, yeah. is it like, do you make a free will donation then? Yeah, and- you can. Most people, you know, they don't even ask for them. But the pay for sites... They'll just have a um, box where you you fill out a little tag and you put the money in a uh, cash in an envelope and you throw it in there. And, like yeah. there's nobody there to collect to, to, to make yeah. sure. Yeah, I think there was only it. one site where we stayed that um, there was actually a person there to check that you uh, paid. <laughs> so what um, when you were at the the few experiences you had with campgrounds there? Mm-hmm. How did the campgrounds differ from campgrounds here, if at all? Yeah. Um, I mean, most of them just look like a big gravel parking lot. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, or, but usually you're, like, alongside this gorgeous lake or something, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it was just a little more just for you to park your vehicle and, mm-hmm. and sleep and then drive off in the day. You're not really going to stay there and hang out with your kids. There's no Yeah, it's not the destination. Or, yeah, right. Right, it's, it's just, not the destination. I want to ask you about the kind of campers that people use, or they, or they call them caravans, right? Yeah, it was so neat to see because you'd be at night, you pull in right before dark so you can cook dinner. Everybody's mm-hmm. doing the same thing. Everybody's yeah. pulled up to cook dinner and then sleep and then take off in the morning. And, you know, that's the recreation there. If you live in New Zealand, as you mm-hmm. go camping, and people in New Zealand don't rent vans, they make their own. So they'll just, yeah, so they'll just buy a van. You you don't see proper campers very rarely, and it's mostly the tourists who buy them. Um, They don't have good lobby groups. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the local residents would buy a van, gut it out, and build their own insides. And it was so fascinating to see what they did. Each one is so personalized. Yeah, you know, they have, like, things they can pull out and hang and blah, blah, blah. So when you're there, when you're camping in New Zealand, it's not like here where there's a fifth wheel, a class A. Right, no. It's just these, like, homemade... 
bands. And small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are a lot of, like, you know, kids. They're yeah. 18, 19, and have, you know, put some plywood on top of <laughs> Tupperware boxes. <laughs> and, and they're and happy as clams. Yeah, exactly. And every, there are very few tent campers at these sites, but the tent campers are usually off in the wilderness somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you were there in March. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, end of, just this end of February, March. early March. Yeah. So, which is really kind of like their late fall. Was the uh, weather chilly? Yeah, it was chilly. We had, you know, we got there and it was just perfect, like seventy degrees, sunny, and mm-hmm. everything at the beginning of the trip, and then, um, and then it started raining and oh. it was pretty wet, and we were really happy we had the camper then. <laughs> yeah, no, tent camping in the rain is purgatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we really started looking for campgrounds that had um, pavilions so you could cook under the pavilion. And that okay. it got really cozy with the rest of the campers because we we're all sharing this very small space. Yeah, you know, I, I interviewed um, Erin Thiem from um, In Town Campground, and she and her husband lived in uh, New Zealand for like five years while mm-hmm. he went to graduate school, and they just fell in love with camping there. Yeah. And she said, uh, and she styled In Town Campground after the uh, campgrounds they experienced in New Zealand where there's so much more of a sense of community. These big community kitchens and people bring their food and everybody cooks and eats together. That's right. right. Yeah, because you can't... Most of the time we couldn't have a fire. In fact, I think we never did because they're so concerned about forest fires there Mm. that it's illegal. You can't have an open fire. And it's such a wet country. Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, half the time you're in a rainforest. So... Um, we couldn't have outdoor fires, and they don't have pits like you would see mm-hmm. here. Um, so almost everybody had a gas stove, mm-hmm. or, you know. Um, so we would all gather under these shelters and picnic tables, and all be cooking. And that's it was really nice because you met everybody that way. Yeah, yeah. Not and a, were the locals helpful? They, you know, when we were there. There weren't so many locals, I guess. It's other people yeah. like you. Yeah, right. We were a ton of Germans. There were a ton of Germans. I think that was more of a rite of passage for, um, you know, out of college, you finish university in Germany and you go to Australia or Germans New Zealand. Germans love to travel. We yeah. were camped next to German, uh, the sweetest German couple when we were in uh, Rocky Mountain National Park yeah. a couple weeks ago. And they said they come to the U.S every other summer for like four weeks. Wow. They have done more national parks than I have. Of course. I mean, they said there's nothing like this in our country. They are traveling people. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, I I know we saw locals there, but I guess when Mm -hmm. we were talking to people, it was always other travelers. So how many days were you in New Zealand camping? We were 16 days camping and then four days days not camping. Yeah. Okay. So you were there for like three weeks. Yeah. I, you know, New Zealand is pretty small. Can you basically do the whole country mm-hmm. in a 16-day trip? Yeah, we did it. Um, we, we only stay on the South Island, and we were able to ring the whole country in 16 days and without really rushing. What was your favorite thing? Oh, my gosh. I loved it all. <laughs> I mean, everywhere you stopped, there were these, like, crazy wild animals. There were penguins. There were seals. There were peacocks. There were just, like, things everywhere. And that's just mm-hmm. the wildlife. Mm-hmm. Um, but no big game. That, and there's no s- scary things. Like, nothing... Not like Australia, where everything's going to kill you. Yeah. Um, so you're not worried <laughs> so about anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but there were beaches and glaciers and waterfalls. In fact, Nate and I were almost, like... And we almost had waterfall fatigue. Like, we had to start, like, categorizing, okay, this is one of those skinny waterfalls. Oh, this is a great big waterfall. Oh, there's so many waterfalls. And and you just drive um, until you see. You can use the camper made to show you where there are attractions to go see. Mm-hmm. And everything's free. Uh, there's a few things you can pay for, but why do that when everything else is free? Right, so, when there's so much to see. Yeah. yeah, so you just drive and pull off. You know, you'd see a trailhead off to the right, so you pull off, and nobody will bother your car if you just park on the side of the road because yeah. people are doing it everywhere. Yeah. And then you go off and hike this trail for two hours and come back and see this gorgeous waterfall. Oh, my gosh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was wonderful. I can't remember. Um, and there was these adorable little towns everywhere that, you know, would have diners and that's where we found jade carving at one yeah. of these little towns. And um, So is jade a stone that comes from there? I mean, so yeah. somewhat, is that where 
I, I have no idea where jade comes from. Yeah, so. I, yeah, we learned a lot. Apparently, there are different types of jade that come from different areas of the world, but mm-hmm. um, New Zealand. And so, did you get a piece there? We I did. I always thought it was yeah. an Asian thing. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, you associate it with China, but like a different kind of. Jade. And so, you met a jade carver. Yeah, we went there, and um, Nate developed this obsession with jade because he. You know, just love the idea of carving yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so we decided we had passed through the town when we had our van because that was the one, uh, the only complaint I had about spaceships is they only had one pick up and drop off point and it was the same city. Oh, so yeah. you had to yeah. so, so we had a circle, yeah. But then we, we messed up because we flew into one city and flew out of a different city. So we had to get a rental to get to the second city where we flew out. Um, so, But it worked out because we ended up on our trip around the country, ran into this little tiny town that had was famous for jade carving. Mm-hmm. And then when we dropped off the van, we got our rental and drove back there and spent Aww. a whole day with this um, master carver who had a shop. And you basically go in, and he has a whole bin of jade that's been found on the island. Uncarved. Uncarved, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you pick out your jade, and they have a little stencil book and designs, and you can make your own design of what you want it to look like. Mm-hmm. And then he'll let you use all of the the power tools. Oh, so you carve it? Yeah, I we thought carve you it. picked a design and he carved. No, it. no, no. I mean, they help. Yeah, <laughs> they okay. help quite a lot. It's like a pottery place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly like that, except for you're using power tools, which yeah. is terrifying. Um, but they show you how to use everything, and you're totally safe. And, what did you make? Um, I made it. We both made pendants for a necklace that um, mine looks like a treble clef, actually. Uh-huh. Um, and he made a more traditional, like they have sort of traditional um, symbols from the Maori culture that mm-hmm. is the the native culture there. And so he ended up making one that was more, had meaning for the Maori people. Yeah, what a great souvenir. Yeah, absolutely. And then he, you know, I told you how friendly Nate is. He's Mm -hmm. making friends with everyone. So this jade carver, Steve was his name, falls in love with Nate. And we were there all day long. I think Mm -hmm. we were there from like uh, 10 a.m. until 8 Mm -hmm. p.m. Just gabbing. And when we left, Nate ended up interviewing him for his podcast and by the time we left, he gave Nate a whole bag of raw jade for him Aww. to practice at home. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> so, so adorable. And he gave us a discount and all this other stuff. Aww. Just a sweet man. He told yeah. us, you know, whenever you come back, you can stay with me. Don't stay at a campsite, whatever. Yeah. You know, I want to talk about Nate's podcast for yeah, a minute sure. because I know you have a great blog. And I'm gonna, I want you <clears> at the end here to tell everybody where they can follow you too. But I... Sometimes I think I should do more of this, but (laughs) I love what Nate does. He meets these people Mm -hmm. in your travels, and Mm -hmm. he interviews them for a podcast. And his podcast is called Oyster World. Yeah, Oyster World Radio. Oyster World Radio. It's on iTunes. Mm -hmm. And... um, you know, just what a fascinating window into the lives of other people. Yeah. And and I think when we look at other people and we look at them with their life, like this is where they live. These are their, their options in life. It's got to broaden your horizons and just make mm-hmm. you a person who is less quick to judge. That's right. What people are doing, I, th- I think everybody should be sentenced to travel abroad, <laughs> you know, for six months, you yeah. know, and... And Mark Twain has that quote, you know, mm-hmm. about um, it's it's the death of, you know, criticism and mm-hmm. prejudice and bias and mm-hmm. all of that. And Yeah, that was really his goal is, you know, he was interested in traveling. He had never traveled himself and he knew he wanted that experience. And he knew that that experience wasn't guaranteed for every American, right. especially because it's really hard and expensive uh, and expensive. Um, so he knew when he had this opportunity to travel that he wanted to bring that home to people and those perspectives that he met along the way. So that was his way of doing it was the podcast. But, you know, you say that, you know, it's not available to everyone and it isn't. There are circumstances Mm -hmm. people have in their lives, but they, um, and they can't always do it. But what I learned from following you guys Mm -hmm. on your trip is so much of it too is a choice. Yeah. It's like you are not, um, you are not worried about whether or not you're getting into the housing market before you're 30. Like you are collecting experiences Mm -hmm. rather than stuff. That's right. Yeah. And that's a choice. Yeah. And 
and, and Nate will be the first to tell you that you can do it. There are ways to save that money, and, and it's all about your lifestyle choices, right, to make it happen if you... Right, and he does an enormous amount of research into this right. and has found ways that um, mm-hmm. y- you can get it done if you really want to do it. Yeah, if it's a priority, then you'll yeah. make it happen. And I say that to women, too, who, who want to, you know, they're looking at the whole girl camper thing, and they're like, but I don't have an Airstream. Uh, you know, yeah. okay, <laughs> get a fancy tent. Uh, you know, if it you really want to go, it's not about what you're going in. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when my husband and I went on a cruise, we were in the basement with no windows or anything, but <laughs> yeah. guess what? We were sitting on the same deck as everybody else. We were going to the same beautiful beach, right. and then we literally were cashing in our, like, change jar to have the spending money. You mm-hmm. know, like, we didn't buy anything there, yeah. but we went. Yeah. And, like, it's like, I don't understand this kind of mentality of, unless I can go first class, I don't want to go. Yeah, yeah, you really got to scrimp where you can. Like, what our accommodations and our travel is always the lowest (laughs) class possible so that we have money to do jade carving all day. Yeah. 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 So, we're always, I mean, we couch surf most of the time, so we're not paying for our accommodation. And I think we took a 40 cent train ride that was a third class train ride in Thailand to get, it was a four hour train ride with. You know, no AC, and you're sitting with total strangers, (laughs) and it's like a really strange train. Yeah. But it was 40 cents. (laughs) You know what? My brother told me this story once. He went to Vietnam, and he took one of these, like, midnight to 8 Mm a.m. bus rides where the fumes in the bus are terrible. They sell 40 seats, you know, 40 tickets when there's actually 30 seats. Mm -hmm. Uh, People are laying on the ground, and my brother was laying in between the two aisles, (laughs) and this Vietnamese man basically got behind him and spooned him <laughs> like, like, like hey it's and my brother was like this is strange but that's how people are like they share the space and yeah. as the night went on on this bouncy really uncomfortable train it got cold and the man pulled out his jacket or his little blanket that he had and he covered himself and Aww. my brother and he was tucking it in under my brother's neck so my brother said I, I literally started crying <laughs> like I'm so bonded to this mm-hmm. total strange man spooning yes. me and putting a blanket <laughs> over me but like when you're in the traveling in the world, especially in a country like that, uh, where people have so little, I mm-hmm. think they have a generosity of heart that sometimes we don't experience in this country. Yeah, absolutely. And they're much more of a collective mind where it's like the greater good for the The, the greater group. good. Yeah. yeah. And you see that a lot. And yeah, we had some nightmare stories of our own with overnight buses and being crowded here and there. But you always find somebody on the, the yeah. bus who's like... We'll share a half a sandwich with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because we got stuck on a bus traveling from um, Laos to Vietnam. It was a 24-hour bus. Mm -hmm. And the the driver doesn't, staff doesn't speak any English. And there were Mm -hmm. um, mosquitoes on the bus. And Mm -hmm. it was really, really awful. Yeah. (laughs) And and we didn't have a chance to change our money over, so we had no money on this bus. Every time we stopped somewhere, we couldn't buy anything to eat. So... We had just whatever. We had some apples that we had bought at the train station. Yeah. And uh, people on the bus were just so willing to share their food Aww. with us because they saw noticed that we weren't eating. Yeah. And so sweet. And, and they deduced that. And yeah. 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 Can you, when you look back on the camping experience in New Zealand, what kind of tip would you give to someone who might want to just go to New Zealand? Like, mm-hmm. was there something you learned that you wish you knew ahead of time? Oh, gosh. Um... I think you learn pretty quickly because so, people are so willing to share knowledge there. So mm-hmm. we landed and stayed in a um, hostel the first night, and a lot of people in the hostel were leaving. That was their mm-hmm. their last night, and they're just so willing to not only share knowledge of where they went and how long it took to get there and where to find all the cheapest grocery stores or what are the cheapest mm-hmm. grocery stores, um, but also all of their things. We had one guy who gave us a battery pack for, like, a cell phone battery pack, Aww. extra battery. Because um, we had asked to borrow his, yeah, just have it, you know. Aww. I don't need this one more thing. Because he was going yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people will give us their food that they're not going to take with them. It was mm-hmm. just so, everybody, 
there's just a mindset of travelers there that they're just so willing to help each other out because they've been helped before. So yeah. So make sure you. I guess my biggest piece of advice would be to you know just ask people questions and mm-hmm. and be willing to lean on the helpfulness and of people. Kindness. I think yeah. when you ex- when you kind of um, you put your foot out there that way, foot forward with the expectation that people are good mm-hmm. and kind, and you're, yeah. you're generally going to be met with that. Yeah. Um, the other thing is New Zealand is extremely expensive because it is this island in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere. Um, so even if you're trying to get accommodations at even a hostel, they mm-hmm. you need to reserve in advance. Like most of uh, most countries, the hostels you can just show up and get a room. Mm-hmm. We got lucky that we showed up in Christchurch and got a room. They even okay. the people there were like, "Oh, you probably should reserve yeah, ahead of time." Yeah, <laughs> you're lucky you got a room. Um, but we ended up that we finished our 16 days of camping and then we needed to stay in Queenstown and they had um, the only hostels that had rooms left had really bad ratings and we didn't want to stay there mm-hmm. um, and the hotels are too expensive we can't stay there so we ended up renting a car and stay, sleeping in the car at these freedom sites mm-hmm. that we didn't have to pay for which is fine. We you know, we were able to tough it it's out. It's a story. Yeah, it was you can a, tell that later, right? Yeah, but we, you know, did it, the seats recline at least? They did. <laughs> yeah, it was cold. <laughs> that was the yeah. biggest problem. Was it was just being cold, and we didn't have any silverware. Once we turned the van in, we didn't have yeah. any cutlery anymore. So we ended up finding seashells on a beach to use as spoons and a knife to make our peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and eat our. I cereal. think that's a story you'll be telling <laughs> grandchildren someday. Yeah, yeah. We had a very uh, nice ceremony when we got to finally chuck those into the water. Um, but you know had we thought ahead a little bit we would have been able to get a nice hostel for a you know a cheap amount of money but yeah whatever it didn't work out and now we have these great stories now where are you (laughs) off to next um next we're heading back to um the uk so we're gonna do some camping in scotland with um some of the friends no we're gonna do tent camping this time in what month uh, we'll be there shortly. I think we leave next week, so... So still summer. Yeah, yeah, so it should be warm, so it'll be July still. Um, and then we'll head to Ireland, and then Germany, we're going to tour Germany for a little bit, and then um, I have another job in Vietnam, and we have one plane ticket bought to go to South Africa in December, so that's oh, <laughs> those are our boundaries. <laughs> so are you sticking to this two-year plan? We'll see. Um, it's interesting because, um, you know, Nate's visiting his family right now, and I'm here visiting my family. It's the first time we've been apart in 10 yeah. months. And how's that going? <laughs> it's, you know, it's great. I talked to yeah. him today, and we're just so excited to have things to talk about because yeah. we, we're not together 24-7. 24-7. We know. You already know everything. We know everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's big news when he gets, like, a Facebook message from somebody. Oh, who sent you a message? Yeah. What did they say? <laughs> Yeah, because um, you're not standing next to him. Hey, look who just contacted me. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, so we're um, just delighted. But it'll be fun to come back together at the end of those two weeks and say, okay, you know, let's reassess where we're at with where this. Where we're and, at. Because we, we you're applying do. for graduate school. Yeah, yeah. So my You part, already have a master's, mm-hmm. but you're going back to for a doctorate that's or right. another master's? Doctorate, yeah. Yes. And that's a commitment. Yeah, it is a commitment, which is, you know, I'm doing these two years with him, so I'm in it for two years. If he wants to yeah. go the full two, I'm in it um, because he's going to be stuck with me doing grad school and being yeah. a poor college student again for yeah. probably six years. <laughs> oh, boy. But when you're done with that, that gives you options. Like, that's you already right. have all this international travel and work under your belt. Right. So Yeah. Yeah, and to keep doing that, I really need to get that. Can you uh, see yourself belt, so. ever, like, settle down in a conventional life? Like, last <laughs> night we went over to your... You have two young sisters mm-hmm. in their early 20s who mm-hmm. both own homes. I know, and, you know, kids you know, running around. And I know. kids and homes and... Yeah, no, I crave having a space again. That's the hardest part of the oh, whole travel. Yeah, and we're really um, fortunate that his cousins in Germany have allowed us to stay in a house that they have that's sitting vacant. Mm. And so we do have a space to come home to to every couple months or every couple weeks. Okay, whenever. so you have a home base for... Yeah, this. which is nice, but it's still not our space, you right, know? So right. we are always talking about, like, what we're going to have in our space when we finally... Right, because like, even home. a lot of people in the U.S. here who choose this nomadic life, it's one of the things they love about RVing because mm-hmm. you get to have all these experiences, you can keep a low overhead, you can really go so many places, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day... 
you're in your RV and that's your bed and those yep. are your dishes and here's your pillow and here's my dog. Yeah, exactly. It, it satisfies that kind of need I think most of us have in it to feel a little bit grounded. Yeah, yeah. And we're really happy when we come home to Germany. Home, yeah. quote marks, <laughs> to yeah. Germany. But, um, but yeah, I think we'll be really happy to settle down for a little bit at least. And then we'll yeah. have those little trips here and there too. Yeah, sidebars, huh? Yeah, to keep going. So, Well, Jackie, I've been reading your blog and I follow you through your mom. Mom, and when there's breaking news, she always sends us a link, you know, in case, yeah. you know, because there's so much mail that comes she's in. She's really good at mom bragging. She, she is. She's she's just one of my dearest friends. And it, it your mom is someone I took away from my travels, mm-hmm. you know, and she and I were sitting here having coffee this morning. And like, if I didn't do what I do, I never would have met her. Right. And she's, she's key in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, we're... You know, it's the thing about modern technology now is mm-hmm. that it, you're just a text away. Right. You know, I wake up in New Jersey and I text your mom and I go, did you see this? And she's like, I know. Can you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. we're chatting like we're next door. I know. And I know that. It's a proverbial clothesline. Yeah. And she just treasures everybody that she's met through girl well, camping. Like, oh, well, she's, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just... It's kind of meant to be, you know, mm-hmm. like like when you uh, meet these friends and, you know, mm-hmm. and they're so important to you and yeah. it's the people we pick up along the way. So the people and experiences and yeah, they're, we they're just, just have, priceless. Yeah, we just have endless stories of people that we've met that we've, you know, looped back around to for one reason or another. And it's never yeah. been easier to keep in touch with those people. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I remember when, my, when I was a kid, my parents lived in Geneva, Switzerland, where my father... Um, he worked there um, on and off. And I can remember when my mother would bring in the mail and there was the international letter on the real thin um, blue paper <laughs> because air mail yeah. was so expensive. So you wrote on these and it would be like, it's a letter from Lars and Brit. You know, yeah. like when it came, it was like, what did they say? What did they say? Yeah, where so are they? Exciting. You know, and, and now it's just, it doesn't matter where in the world you are. You can, you know, know. send someone an instant message. So, you know, it's so, you meet meet these people and it's never been easier to stay in touch with them and follow them and yeah it's great yeah yeah I had a a pen pal when I was in middle school that she was from Botswana Africa Mm -hmm. and we lost touch sometime in high school but we had written for years and years and years um and we lost touch and then through the miracle of Facebook we reconnected and that's why we're going to Africa so So I can go meet her her. yeah oh my gosh and you've never met her in person no so that's going to be a good blog post. I want lots of pictures from (laughs) that so what's your blog so people can follow you it's gishoutofwater.com so like fish out of water (laughs) but with a G Yeah, and I'll put the link in the show notes yeah and you can can... go we did a video montage of New Zealand and so you can see the camper van you can see all the places we went to so I will connect that to the blog post that goes with this um, interview which is always on girlcamper.com so Mm -hmm. some people just listen to the podcast Mm -hmm. and and they don't know there's a blog post yeah. attached to it with all kinds of pictures. And resources, and then I'm some sure. people yeah. read my blog, but they, they don't listen to the <laughs> podcast. So anyway, for those of you who get both of them, yeah, you know, we'll have some nice stuff from you. So yeah. Jackie, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for Janine. postponing. You're going to study for your uh, the GRE, yeah. GRE today. Right. And I, I pulled you here a little longer no problem. because it was fun. I am fascinated with the idea of going to a foreign country to camp and yeah. you've given us great information. I'll definitely write a blog about how tent camping in Scotland goes, so you'll, you'll hear about that. I'm looking forward to seeing that. So thank you so much for coming yes, on the show. thank you, Janine. And happy trails. Thank Go places, you. do things. <laughs> okay. Well, that's our show for today. I want to thank Jackie for sharing those tips on camping in New Zealand. Someday, someday, someday. If I click my heels together, I wish I could just get myself over there. I'll tell you one thing I took away from this, and that is it was a starting point. Like, I look at people who are doing this, and I think, how did they, you know, where do you even start? Well, I hope Jackie gave us all a starting point. Now I have some knowledge. So someday when I get myself over to New Zealand, I'm not going to be quite as intimidated by that as I was before. So I'm going to have links in the show notes for Jackie's blog, Gish Out of Water, and for her boyfriend Nate's podcast, Oyster World Radio. 
I'd also like to thank our other sponsors, Tom's Camperland in Phoenix, Arizona, General RV with 12 locations across the United States, and Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia. Of course, Campco, maker of many fine camping products, and our friends at Liberty Outdoors. Liberty has a question for you. What are you waiting for? Now is the time to make your RV dream come true. Liberty Outdoors is a family of brands that evoke the American values of freedom and adventure. They manufacture the highest quality trailers, producing some of the most recognizable designs in the industry. Their products are proudly made in the USA with best-in-class workmanship and customer support. This allows you to pick up, get out, and get going with the confidence that only a superior product can provide. Liberty Outdoors wants you to experience the journey with the peace of mind you've earned. To take a look at the Max trailer or the new mini trailer in the Little Guy brand, go to girlcamper.com and follow the link or go to golibertyoutdoors.com. I'd also like to thank my producer, Stephanie Puglisi, for putting this show together. That's a wrap for this week, everybody. Get out there, go places, and do things. Happy trails.